everybody, welcome to episode 25, I think, of Reporting is Eligible. Um, this is our post-combine show. We're not in the middle of the season. We're in the middle of sports canceling fans and audiences everywhere. Um, uh, but football will avoid that. So um, I, I, I am, I'm your host, Paul Noonan. I write for the Shepherd Express, Acme Packing Company. And we have the usual crew here in, uh, in sunny Wauwatosa. Got- hey! It's J.R. Radcliffe in quarantine in his basement, trying so hard not to touch his face. <laughs> and I'm Matt, but you can call me Matub. I'm out in the mountains drinking a Montucky. <laughs> it's good to be back, guys. Good to be back. <laughs> I'm Except it's not. During the pre-show, J.R. was yawning literally the entire time. <laughs> Once you start yawning, it's over, it right? Is. Like If you're the little, least bit fatigued like I am right now as we record this late at night, I am, you know... I'm ready for bed. Yep. I'm an old man now. Totally. Same here. We're, we're also, we're out of practice. We haven't done this in a while. Wait, like, it's true. We, we, we adjust our lives to go to bed at reasonable hours without having a podcast to do. And uh, that's what <laughs> happens to you. That's what. Um, that's so what did you guys do? What did you guys do with our month, two month break, I think? Uh, oh, man. Let me tell you about what I did over our two month break. And also why I'm not on the baseball podcast right now. So, um we we recently moved to St. Paul, Minnesota from Milwaukee, which you probably all know. And um, r- on the day we closed on our house, I got um, I got a notice that I want that somebody wanted to interview me for a new job. Not new jobs in Chicago. Um, so I was like, well, you know, whatever. I'll do an interview. There's no harm in that. But one thing led to another, and they made a really good offer. So now we're moving to Chicago. So, um, you hadn't even moved into Minnesota yet, right? And you're leaving now. You're moving to Chicago. We'd moved to Minnesota, and we were about eighty percent unpacked. Um, oh my God, Paul! <laughs> so you bought a house in Minnesota. Yes, that's correct. You closed on that house. Yep. And you now are moving before you've even unpacked. Are you going to be able to sell this house back? Uh, it looks or like, like it, um, yes. Um, without getting into too much detail, I get a lot of help and support in the moving process. So um, it, it, it'll all work out. It looks like it's good. Um, are you are you even going to have to eat your closing costs? I will not have to eat my closing costs. Oh, my God. <laughs> this is ridiculous. So, uh, well, if any little, if any one thing would have not been there in terms of the offer, I probably wouldn't have done it, but... They made a good offer. So this tells me that you're like you've got to be really good at whatever it is you do. Obviously, <laughs> I, I clearly don't know that much about what you do, but you must be very good at it. So congratulations well, to you and welcome you. back to Greater Chicago Milwaukee Land. Yeah, so I'm in Chicago right now, and uh, but the thing is, my family's not. So um, I am getting started here, and we're house hunting, um, and she's back there taking care of the kids. So I'm not. Oh on my baseball god! Podcast. This is the American dream. Sorry, Jody, but this is this is the <laughs> dream. What else is there? So I'm not on the baseball pod because they record on Sunday for uh, an, 
a whole bunch of reasons. The, the guys all have different schedules, and weekends are kind of the only thing that works. My weekends are precious right now with family time, so I cannot do podcasts. But on weekdays, I am just alone, um, and I got all kinds of time. So I'll probably crank out all kinds of mini pods and other podcasts and um, all, all that jazz in the meantime. So um, I'm that, so lonely. Yeah, that's why I'm not on the baseball podcast at the moment. I will be again at some point in the future. Um, but uh, yeah, it's been a it's been a wild one here. <laughs> it's been absolutely insane. But uh, enough hey, about did, me. Did you ever did, did you ever get a new Nintendo Switch? No, I did not. <laughs> d- d- in case so, in case people don't know, one of the uh, I should I should allegedly <laughs> it appears that one of the movers on my move to Minnesota stole my Nintendo Switch, and I went to the police about this. And whoever stole it logged on at some point, but I can't get Nintendo to give me the physical location of where it was logged on to without a subpoena. Um, so anyway, somebody stole my Switch. I have not replaced it yet. I'm very mad about this. It was probably a mover. I'm also mad about that. Good times. It, it's been super exciting. Lots of weird stuff has happened to me. I want my Switch back, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> the Switch will not be making the move to Chicago. Very nope. sad. R.I.P. So, Jar, what did you do for the last two months? <laughs> I mean, I'm still just doing what I do at jsonline.com, working for the Journal Sentinel. We we move on when football season ends. I've been writing about the Milwaukee Bucks quite a bit. There's been some college basketball. The Badgers won the Big Ten. <laughs> Miracle of miracles. They uh, they had a tremendous late season run to win that the Big Ten. Crazy. That was I mean, I, so I was going to say I don't follow college basketball, but I do remember the Badgers being not good early in the season they they struggled now actually we were recording a reporting is eligible episode when they defeated maryland uh that ended up being a huge huge win for yeah. them because maryland uh shared the title with them along with michigan state and because uh because they had that win they wound up with the tiebreaker and they actually had the number one seed in the conference tournament which doesn't matter for a whole lot the the title itself is kind of the the big thing that they came away with but uh one eight in a row here to close the season. So uh, Coach Greg Gard, Coach of the Year, been writing about all that stuff. And uh, now I'm just curious if there's going to be actual games going forward for any of these sports. This no coronavirus kidding. thing got really real the last <laughs> few days. So uh, I'm hoping that, you know, the Bucks games are all going on as scheduled and that there's an NCAA tournament and that opening day at Miller Park is going to be an actual opening day. It's, uh, it's kind of confusing right now. Very, you know, I'm not like afraid of the virus itself, but... I, I am starting to think about the fallout, like what it's going to do to certainly the sports, so, but like life too, everything. So uh, do you guys mind if I talk about strength sports for a minute? It's related. By all means. If it's related. So sure. uh, please Columbus, wipe down your gear or your uh, weight equipment after you're done using it. Thank yeah. you. Uh, Columbus, Ohio is the site of the Arnold Classic. That's too Happen- bad. They have a governor every- who does not want people in Ohio events. So what happened was the governor said uh, you are not allowed to have spectators. The Arnold brings between 300 and 500,000 visitors every year. There's a huge fitness expo as well as um, there's a bodybuilding competition. There is the second most important strongman competition. And then there are multiple powerlifting competitions that are all sanctioned by the IPF. So there's, there's three different sporting events going on as well as a fitness expo. And they all still happened with the exception of the fitness expo. Um, the governor said no spectators. So the, like basically the one, I'm not even gonna say a step below. It's the same level as world's strongest man. It's just not, doesn't have the name recognition. 
Um, these guys are doing these amazing feats of strength to an empty hall. And the um, Arnold bodybuilding, they allowed spectators in for final judging, which wow. I don't follow bodybuilding, so I don't understand why there's multiple rounds of judging. <laughs> um, you built a little and then more the, body the, in the 15 minutes between <laughs> rounds. <laughs> there you go. And then uh, all the, the powerlifting competitions were without spectators, but everything was live streamed. So you could still watch the live streams of, of the competitions, but it was weird. The Arnold is like, like when people say that they're lifting at the Arnold, it's, it, it's, it's the, the most hype event. Um, last year, Ray Williams set the world record in the squat, uh, the raw squat. Uh, with 490 kilograms, which is over a thousand pounds, um, <laughs> and and it's in front of this big screen, and they had like fire going on in the background, and people yelling and screaming. There's a hundred thousand people in the crowd, and everyone's losing their minds. This year, you just hear one guy in the back, like, "Woo, let's go!" <laughs> <laughs> That's kind of the way for everything, though. Like, um, yeah, South by Southwest is canceled. A bunch of music festivals are canceled. Japan Coachella, I think got Coachella postponed. was postponed. Japan canceled their baseball league for the year. Um, they're just not going to have it. So, I didn't even hear that one. Yeah. All of Italy is postponed for yeah, a month, or, if canceled. not canceled. Yeah, yeah Italy's over. Um, talk to <laughs> Italy is canceled. <laughs> I actually talked to Travis Diener, former Marquette University star, who is playing in the Serie A basketball league in Italy, and he's in the quarantine zone. He can't can't leave the region, and he's uh, not playing games now for a month. So talk to him and kind of what they're supposed to do. Schools are closed. Everything's closed. So. Uh, it is definitely impacting a, a lot of soccer games in empty stadiums. Conference tournaments for basketball stateside are, are choosing to limit or completely eliminate fans. Ivy League canceled their thing altogether. So it, it's definitely infiltrating the world of sports pretty hot and heavy this week. And I, I really, I'm, I'm really thinking we're there's going to be some serious. Uh, honestly, I don't know if NBA games are going to survive this. Like it's going to be really interesting the next few days. Yeah, it is. It's going to be bizarre. I mean, I think best case scenario at this point is empty stadiums. Baseball has yeah. said that they're going to still have games with people. We'll we'll see how that goes, um, and we'll see if their tune changes once a few you know spots break out in big cities. But uh, it's it's really it's really kind of crazy. I, I mean, not to downplay the severity of the virus, it's very severe. People get very sick on it, but um, it also you know hits a certain portion of the population much harder. Uh, it's old people harder than everybody else. So it, it it it's interesting to see how this reaction is playing out for everybody. And also, so, football is going to look of, out here because football is going to start just as it, I think it starts to kind of to to die down a yeah. little bit. Yeah. Well, that's that's assuming that it does die down fairly quickly because I know fo- like f- football season technically starts in July with the training camp hype and whatnot. Um, it's it's funny you should mention the old people are are more susceptible. It's it's insane the. The percentage, so the um, mortality rate of of COVID is like three point four percent total. Yeah, and it's it's point point one percent for flu. Um, the elderly population for flu, it's like point five percent, and the elderly population for COVID is like thirteen percent. Like, yeah, it's about one in six, which is insane. Yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, it, that really does kind of not skew the numbers i mean that it tells you exactly what's going on but the yes. average is not necessarily telling you the story the whole story there mm-hmm. that's the thing. yeah plus so we, we don't know how many people are actually yeah. uh, have contracted the virus so that's a percentage that's also based on true. the number of reported cases it's, and so that's right now what everybody's got away it's like okay well we know that it's probably the percentage is probably lower than that but 
how much are we willing to risk it? And, and you know, the, the probably the, the no win situation is let's say everything gets canceled and then we don't see COVID spread very rapidly or spreads at a slow rate. It's going to, it's going to feel like very anticlimactic. There's no clear winning here. Like you're not going to see, nope. Oh, the disease went away. It's, it's more like, well, it's slowed down. I don't even know why we canceled everything. There it was nothing to really worry about. And it's like, that's <laughs> the whole point why, is to make it. Yes. It it's, works. it's just impossible. <laughs> it's impossible to win with this sort of thing. It's it very, I, I was in, I was in high school during the SARS pandemic air quotes pandemic yeah that was nothing which, like this yeah which w- w- was nothing like this however um the there are some parallels that i've i've kind of noticed but the, the difference being is that sars happened immediately after 9 11 and so the world was already kind of on uh high alert for traveling things anyway yeah but uh it's it ended exactly how you're describing it just ended with a whimper like suddenly people were like hey you remember sars yeah. Like, like, so maybe, maybe six eight months from now we're gonna go. Hey, do you guys remember coronavirus? But I, I mean, I hope, I hope that's what that becomes. would be the best case scenario it for would. sure. So, you guys want to talk about football? Yeah, I have actually. I guess. I've got a, I, have, I have a good transition here actually. So, um, it involves the draft chart. Yeah, you know, the, uh, the, the famous draft chart that uh, everybody uses when they trade picks to figure out how many. Oh picks you have, yeah, you have to give up to to move up in the draft or move down in the draft. So, um, the the nerds got a hold of this one and they've been doing a lot of research on it. And much like elderly people skew the corona fatality average, just, as as it turns out, quarterbacks highly skew the chart and have not been adjusted for. So, what um, do you mean? Well, here's what I mean. So quarterbacks drop off a ton after the first round. Um, if you want to get a franchise quarterback, your odds of getting one in the first round are way better than subsequent rounds. But that's not true at all for any other position in the draft. But if you average everything, every position, especially given that quarterbacks are so much more important, they make it look very much like first-round picks are way better than second-round picks or way better than third-round picks. When, in fact, if you remove quarterbacks from the mathematics of it, um, for the first four rounds of the draft, um, any given pick is barely better than the next pick at any given position. Um, like, it, it's very small decrease in quality from one pick to the next, from wide receiver to, um, to, to the next wide receiver to the next wide receiver. You'll definitely see that this year. So... Um, that chart's bad. It's been bad for a while. And um, also... Uh, like we really should analyze quarterbacks completely separately from everybody else. They are a different animal, and they uh, once you're out of the first round and past the first two or three of them, like if you get a good one, it obviously changes your franchise. If you miss that window, just give up and don't do it. So you're, okay. you're talking about quarterbacks, though. Even even backup quarterbacks can skew this. Guys who wind up just being. Okay, because like I think we've talked before, the the first few quarterbacks taken in the draft are the are the are the ones that are likely to have a, a tangible impact. You, you don't find many diamonds in the rough. So d- is it still true later in the draft that quarterbacks are more meaningful and and skew these results, or is it just the guys in the very front? Just the guys at the very front. Quarterback quality okay. drops off immensely after the, especially after the second round, but even after the first round. So when is I mean okay, so Jimmy Garoppolo was a second round pick. Yep. Who who else who else is like a consistent starter currently? That's that was drafted of, late. Russell Wilson. Yeah, I mean so Russell and, and Dak and Dak. Yeah. Um, 
but and Tom Brady. So, I mean, there's a, the, the examples we have are very uh, memorable. Tom, Tom Brady. Tom Brady is currently not that's quarterback true. for any team. Yeah, that's true. Um, I, you know, it's like I I always talk about like my, my few draft takes that were accurate, and Dak Dak was my one of my like heavy hitters. I had him as a first round pick before his DUI, and then the way he handled his DUI, I was like, still kid's a winner like he <laughs> he he made a mistake he's owning up for it he's not even trying to he's like yeah i, I drank i drove it sucked i'm an idiot yeah. sorry um and i was like yeah still first round pick and then jara gets him in the third fourth something like that uh well, i think it was the no, i forget maybe it was the fourth um but anyway good pick although Dak so just you, got paid so it it, <laughs> it saved them 30 nothing. what was it 33 million a year oh yeah what's aaron Rodgers making not He's a fourth rounder, by the way. Fourth round. Fourth rounder. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, What's Aaron Rodgers making nowadays? I, I think at the peak of Aaron's contract, he's only making thirty-three. And... <laughs> yep. Oh yeah, it's my my favorite thing is the headline. So and so is the highest paid player at their position ever. It's so ridiculous. It lasts like, for like twenty minutes. Yeah. Remember when Derek Carr was the highest paid quarterback of all time? Was that a thing? That was a thing for wow. Uh, he set the market, so that was two years ago. All right, has, uh, has, but yeah, there was there was about ten minutes where Derek Carr was the highest paid football player of all time. Has Stafford been the highest paid quarterback? St- multiple Stafford times? was at the beginning of his deal four years ago. All right, poor Maddie. And actually, Lions fans are still mad about it, even though with every passing year, his his deal looked better and better, but. Uh, extreme sidebar about Stafford. So if why are, <laughs> why won't the Lions take Tua? Because they they have Stafford for another at least another year. They should so take. I don't Tua. understand why they wouldn't. They should. Why why are they not even talking about Tua? That's insane. Maybe that's the, like, maybe that's the point. Oh, maybe they they it's all smokescreen is what you're saying. Yeah, I would. So, I mean, I I saw a mock where Tua went to the Redskins, which is weird to me. Yeah, they just draft. I mean, I don't think Haskins is very good, but you just did it. <laughs> yeah, they they literally just drafted Haskins. So why not take Chase Young, arguably the best defensive prospect? I don't know in a decade, fifteen years. Like, come on. I know they're so, gonna take Chase Young. It's fine. They are. Uh, but then then the Lions. I've seen they're just not interested in Tua. I find that r- ridiculous. It like could not be a better situation. Yeah, it, Tua would be because so Tua's hurt, right? That's the whole. He's hurt. Yeah, he, he had a hip injury, somewhat similar to Bo Jackson's. So right, but his was correctly diagnosed. It was diagnosed yeah. quickly, and also the, it's thirty years later. Right. So, so, <laughs> so yeah. Um, uh, let, let me just, uh, if I may, for a second, talk about QBOPS, which is my my fun stat that I made. So, um, or as I say, QBOPS. QBOPS. Yeah, I call it QBOPS too. So, um, <laughs> uh, I made, um, I'm I, now so, hearing a kid's pop version of Enya. I don't know if that would work, but if we could somehow make this musical. So a qu- quick version <laughs> on this is, uh, Josh Hermsmeyer, 538, two years ago, uh, wrote a piece reevaluating the most predictive stat for college quarterbacks, which is completion percentage over expected CPOE. It's a stat that is widely available by nerd, you know, for nerds, for NFL quarterbacks, but not for college. I went. I asked Josh on Twitter, like, "Hey, can I actually get this number?" And he said, "No, you can't. It's not publicly available. Um, even if you use Scraper or things like that." 
And I was like, well, all right. I mean, he's not the keeper of statistics. He just has access to it because he works for 538 and they can do that kind of thing. But um, you know, I understand basically how the stat works. So I decided to come up with a way to kind of mock it. That is widely available. And I already had QBOPs for pro football. Um, it does kind of the same thing. It just combines how far you tend to throw down the field with how many passes you tend to complete. It makes an aggregate of the two numbers. So that way you can tell, like, if you're a checkdown artist, uh, you know, if you're competing a ton of passes, that's great. But if you're not doing much with them, not so good. And it kind of balances these factors. And if you're throwing deep, if you're only completing, you know, 50% of your passes, that might not be good enough. Anyway, long story short is this. I ran it on 2011 first. Um, that's a good quarterback class to test to see if it picks up on the guys it should, like Russell Wilson. Um, you know, all the scouts missed Russell. Um, he, he fell to the third round. But there's a few other guys in there, too, that you want to pick up on, like Nick Foles is in there. Um, yeah, shoot, there's one other good, like, mid-rounder, you know, okay mid-rounder in there as well. Um, and it did. It, it, it picked up exactly what it was supposed to pick up. So then I ran it on the last four years of quarterbacks. And works a little different, but by the rankings I have it, Joe Burrow is, like, historically great. Um, just Russell Wilson had a 430 um, QB on base percentage, um, which is very, 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 very high. Burrow's 450, which is completely bonkers, especially given his slugging is still like 691. Um, it, just for context, uh, I, I broke everybody into 400, 600 club, like you would in baseball, kind of. Um, those are the guys who hit a lot of passes and hit them deep. Burrow, historically great. Tua, um, a little bit lower on OBP, but higher on slugging. Looks to be great. Uh, it picked up on Gardner Minshew from last year, which is good that it did that. Um, you know, it's got it's not perfect. There's some a couple bad ones. It picked up on Kyler Murray being really good, so it seems to work really well. Um, uh, so, like all those guys, it looks like it's going to be a pretty good quarterback class after not necessarily ranking as one. Um, but one of my favorites in there is Tyler Huntley, who has numbers that are about the same as Russell Wilson's. Um, and uh, uh, he's Utah's quarterback. I never watched him play. I went and watched tape of him. I know why he's not a highly touted guy. It's because his footwork is awful. He dances the whole time he's holding onto it. But he's like a dual threat guy. He, he's fast and he throws hard and very accurate. So he's my new uh, my new crush. I hope the Packers take him in like the fifth or the sixth or something. And I know that the Packers are probably wary of taking a guy named Huntley from the Pack. 12 um <laughs> late in the draft Scarred. with, um, with I, bad footwork i do, <laughs> do want to slightly interject before we get angry comments on twitter and i think you meant the 2012 nfl draft oh i'm sorry the 2011 class the 2012 nfl draft thank you you are correct okay um, okay so just because because the 2011 and 2012 are both good good quarterback years with to run that stat because yep. both 2011 and 2012 had highly drafted busts and lower drafted starters yes uh, for example uh, in 2012 brandon whedon went to the browns in the first round uh, yes yeah he did yikes um <laughs> that, oh i forget that's also a bridgewater um has a season there too where he was outstanding so um and that picked up on that too yep. is bridgewater's the, the was that 2014 yeah um the, that was his draft class but man that guy was good in college like just just outstanding um uh, a couple other things it picked up on, um, since we are Packer fans and Aaron will probably be the starter for another two to three years. Um, Yikes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he's he's fine. He's um, fine. There are two true freshmen that dominated the stat. Um, one is USC's Kedon Slovis, who 
um, was one of the most accurate passers in all of college football as a true freshman for a you know very very large school, which is um, difficult to do. Uh, and you know he'll be out you know two years from now. And then Arizona State's Jaden Daniels is notable because um, I do an adjustment for interceptions, and in all of Division One college football he had the lowest adjustment for interceptions, um, despite still putting up huge numbers in terms of efficiency and throwing down the field. Um, so both true freshmen, both true freshmen starters at big schools, <laughs> two years from now, those guys are going to be good and on our um, boards everywhere. So a couple things. Yep. Keaton Slovis is not the person I expected to see when I Googled that name. Um, I thought his name would be Trenton or, or Bryce. um he looks like every usc quarterback i've ever seen yeah um (laughs) he does um he's he is uh um i mean wow he's very yeah he's he's every usc quarterback um also the other thing usc quarterback yep i know hey hey hey. (laughs) don't do that Uh, I'm just, I'm just saying, USC quarterback. People did that with Aaron Rodgers when he was a Tedford quarterback. At right, but he's literally the only successful Tedford quarterback in the same way that I'm pretty sure Jimmy Garoppolo is the only successful USC quarterback. Well, they're all failures until they're not. I mean, it's a position where there's 32 that play, like 12 of them are any good. <laughs> <laughs> did you know that Todd Marinovich was drafted ahead of Brett Favre? Yes, I did. <laughs> Todd Murnovich, US- the uh he had he had the crazy dad, right? He was Yes. So his uh, well his dad actually kind of invented the combine. Really? Yeah, his dad is, was uh um paramount to the testing structure used in the combine. Huh. Did not know that. Yeah, his dad was a he played for the Raiders, um freak athlete, um, and then ended up like hurting himself in the weight room and ended his career. So then he became a strength and conditioning um, consultant, I guess would be the word, hmm. and then decided to turn his kid into the ultimate football machine. That's And then he turned into the ultimate hoovering cocaine machine. <laughs> <laughs> Ryan Leaf before he was Ryan Leaf. Uh, uh, well, to be fair, Ryan Leaf, his situation was a little different, but um, looking up Jaden Daniels, he that kid looks like he's 19. Like, like he's he's six three, and they have him listed as a buck seventy five. Yeah, he's. Uh, I would never believe that he's a hair over one sixty five. He's a true that freshman. He'll get bigger. He is as big around as my leg. Yep. All right. So, um, I, we all think the Packers are going to draft at least one wide wide receiver in this draft, and there's a oh, ton man. of man. I want, yeah. I want Mims. That's my Mims? my crush. All right. I want Mims. All right, and, and I think we know we know JRs, but let's let him make it official. Jared Judy. <laughs> <laughs> I I think I, I'm on I'm on with Rugs being better than Judy. So uh, I am also on with Rugs being better than Judy. And you know what? It's funny. Pre combine, I saw Judy go in top five, and now he's dropping all the way into the twenties. Yeah, I mean, I'll what, take, what, if Jerry Judy falls to the Packers, I'm on board with that. The, Sorry, <laughs> you said twenties, and it just made me think the Packers are you know close, close. to that range. Yeah. So the the last time. I had a draft. I had a draft crush on a Crimson Tide player. Um, it was a safety. You might have heard of him. He is. He is a, uh, Clinton Dix. Yes, uh, Ha Clinton Dix. I had a big old draft crush on, but 
there's no way that he's going to fall to 21. Like, yeah. like how, how is, is this guy who played for Nick Saban? There's no way he's going to fall to the Packers. That's ridiculous. I, I, would say this. I would say this. I don't expect him to either, but every single year, there's a guy that you think there's no way that guy's going to fall. I think Brian Bulaga was kind of that guy yeah. for the Packers. I think there's like a, what year that was. It happens all the time. I think there's a decent chance it happens to Judy here just because he didn't. So many guys blew away the combine this year at wide receiver. And he didn't. And he didn't. And uh, yeah, he, he scouts better than everybody else does for sure. But um, there's going to be a lot of front offices that are like, all right, we want Judy or Ayuk or Claypool, who had a 10, Raz. Um, or like all these guys who, you know, out-athleted him. And it's going to be a tough choice to actually go with him, I think. So and I think you're are going to do what the Packers do and that's potentially wait until the later rounds because hey there's a million guys that, that we could work with here I feel like that could lead to a few guys bumping further down the list sure. because hey, the guys are going to wait till the second round well yeah so this is a this is your your drafting ceiling versus floor right and and Judy has to have the highest floor definitely of any of any of the the prospects but Jared's right too like I mean if you want some of the weaker positions, like it, it, I know nobody drafts for need really, except the Giants. But uh, <laughs> well, if my you, Judge Judy reunion is not going to happen. If you if you don't need Judy. a quarterback um, or a receiver or a cornerback in this draft, you got to leap to get some, uh, offensive lines. Okay, too, but like you're going to have to go uh, a little too high to to fill out some other positions. And well, like might, after Chase Young, who's the next defensive? Exactly, end? it's a huge drop off. Um, yeah, so. It's. I, I think it's set up well for a good, good receiver, whether it's Judy or somebody else, to fall down to the Packers at that spot. So I like if if the Packers don't take one in the first. I like I've I've seen Ayuk drop all the way to the bottom in the second. Yeah, I've seen that too. I like um, him too. I've I've actually I have seen Claypool drop all the way to the bottom in the second. He's uh, um, he's a if, weird one because he's he's the best athlete of all of them, but he is mm-hmm. not polished um, on the field. Right. So. It's, so yeah, like that's the rankings seem like they swing so much. Ruggs is the only guy who I feel like has been there consistently, top ten since the beginning. But like, yeah, all these guys have. Rager was was a hot item for a while, and then he wasn't. And uh, I mean, Justin Jefferson is sneaking into the first round that's now true, too. He is. Like, I, I, think, I don't. Know. I think Lamb is the 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 one I I would bet. Yeah, on you're right. First. Lamb too. Lamb too. Yeah. Um, one of the things I like about Ruggs. Um, I, he blew everybody away with his 40 time, understandably so. Uh, and th- this is a, a reporting and is eligible theme at this point, but he has huge hands. Uh, <laughs> he, he is a small receiver, smallish receiver, and he's in the 90th percentile for hand size. Like, so I, that's so I also, weird. I, before we go too far away from that, I want to say I had a dozen people in my mentions with tape measures on their hands. <laughs> And I absolutely love our listeners for that. So thank every single one of you. I know I responded to every single one of you on Twitter, but thank you officially in the podcast for measuring your hand and telling me about it. I I love that so much. It's great. And there does seem to be some <laughs> correlation with, webcam. with receiver hand size and and catch percentage. Like it, It's not like a, a you can have smaller hands and be good at it, but... The guys with big hands tend to catch the ball more. It just is true. So you know what they say about guys with yeah, big hands? They catch the ball more. That's what they say. We were, they we were a, hovering on the precipice. They have a there. high catch percentage. <laughs> There's more surface area on yes. their sticky gloves. Exactly. <laughs> That's exactly right. 
I have small hands, and I was just playing catch with my daughter, and she would say lame every time I drop the stupid ball. <laughs> yes. like, I don't even know how to describe this thing. It's like a felt soccer ball that she likes to play catch with, and mm. you know, you, get, you gotta I, get her a Nerf vortex. Yeah, I, when, the, when that whistles. Do they make the whistling kind anymore? I mean, they certainly yes. are ones similar to that, but you can you can still get a whistling vortex. Just head on down to your local WalMarts. <laughs> All right. Uh, but so I mean, yes, the Packers badly need a wide receiver, and this is the year to get it because they they say that this is the best draft class in ever. I've heard ever. I've heard ever. Since what was the really good one? It was at the Odell Beckham draft. Was that 2012? I don't know. I don't remember. Uh, Mike Evans was in it, whatever it was. It wasn't 2014 because I currently have that draft class open. Oh, all right. Fair it enough. wasn't 2011 because that's Julio Jones. JJ Watt is in that draft class. Oh, I um, that off the- interesting note. Uh, we talk about pick value. Uh, the amount of picks given up to get Julio Jones to this day still boggles my mind. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, because it was basically like three firsts and a third or something like that. Um, it, but it was the Browns. Oh yeah, and so they brown they Browns it all Browns up. It all up. Um, but to to my knowledge, it's the only time that a uh, like the pick hoarder lost out of the trade. Yeah. Indeed. Didn't you rule out 2014? Even though that's exactly the draft we're talking. Was it? About. I I literally hit. Are we talking about 2012? <laughs> yeah, Sammy Watkins, Mike Evans, Odell Beckham are all first round yeah, picks. That's a 20- great trade. Okay, Brandon, yeah. Cooks, yeah. Brandon Cooks, Kelvin, Benjamin. Oh man, I remember that guy was even for a late round first uh, late first round guy. That guy that guy was uh Kelvin Benjamin. Well, Kelvin Benjamin was great right right from the jump. Yeah. And then Marquise Lee, Jordan Matthews, Devontae. <laughs> yeah. Devontae good that's stuff. Right. Yeah. Paul Richardson. Allen Robertson and Jarvis Landry are late second round picks. That's that's a class. Billy Brown, Taylor Gabriel, and Willie Sneed were all yeah. um, uh, undrafted. Even, Alan Hearns was undrafted. Even good there. Like Willie Sneed had one really good season. Taylor Gabriel <laughs> is currently not on the team. So <laughs> Ryan Grant got drafted that year in the fifth round. Oh. The mysterious Ryan Grant, uh, not I, that one. The, the other one. The, the other one, one that doesn't exist. The, the one who was not a Packer this year. <laughs> no. Man, that, that was a crazy draft. And people are saying that this draft is going to be better. Yep. People are saying this one's going to be better. So what would you do if you're the Packers, Paul? Would you take that wide receiver that's sitting there? Be, let's say so, Let's say one of the big ones drops to that spot for the Packers. Do you take them? Yeah. Or I, do you feel like you do? Uh, in this draft, I, I think I only take um, receivers and cornerbacks. And uh, if one of the big ones falls to thirty, I take I take the receiver. They need receivers. They're just uh, like I'm, I'm sick of fixing Petten with player personnel. They need to do it, but uh, they need to give Aaron some weapons. Like I I'm sick of yelling at Aaron. I I want uh I want this fully loaded like with the Jermichael Finley, Jordy Nelson, Greg Jennings team. Like let's make that happen. I, I would I, I would maybe spend my first three picks on receivers in this. Hey. Draft. I was going to ask that. Would you take more than one in the first? I would definitely take two for sure. Side side note to that. You know, who's not Jermichael Finley, Austin Hooper. (laughs) No, he's not. Um, He's very controversial. This Austin Hooper fella. He's average. Um, He's fine. Earlier, earlier today, I referred to him as expensive Richard Rogers Hmm. and, and caught 
quite a lot of support for that. I think take. that's about right. Um, <laughs> One of the most famous catches in Packers history. So because I'm he was so that. slow. <laughs> And a guy that I can win a foot race with. That's yeah. weird. So you got to remember that there are two halves to the terrible coin that is the the miracle of Motown. Richard Rogers was too slow, and Devonte overran his round. Yeah. <laughs> it, it there just is came so much beautifully. That play, that play is that awesome. Play needs its own thirty for thirty. It has so much going on. The fact that the Lions' corners are playing on the sideline, I'll never understand. Because their coach called for a hook and ladder. That's right. Incredible. And but, and Calvin Johnson was not playing free safety. I mean, every, you, you've got it does you've got literally because the interviews would take up a half hour. Like you'd be interviewing yeah. corners who'd be like, "He told me to go here. I don't know what the hell for." Um, you've got literally the best jump ball receiver of all time not playing against the hail mary. Yep. You know who's not a good jump ball receiver? Richard Rogers. <laughs> but that. <laughs> is in front of the defense picking off the Hail Mary. So you know what though? In in Caldwell's it was Caldwell, right? In Caldwell's defense. Similar situation happened with the Patriots shortly thereafter, where they defended the Hail Mary and the Dolphins did a hook and ladder instead. And so they had Gronk playing free safety and he he took a bad angle and missed a tackle and they lost that game. Oh, interesting. Hmm. I right. didn't. I don't remember that. I do remember that this was probably the third best Hail Mary of the whole season, given the fact that the two against Arizona yep. were just in the playoffs were just as uh, better. I mean, they, they won't be remembered because the Packers didn't win that game, but like those those plays were insane. They were absolutely incredible. This one gets any run at all because it wasn't for the touchdown, but that was insane. They, they call it the Miami Miracle. It happened in December 2018. <laughs> Miami oh, I Miracle. That. I do remember that play. Yeah, I remember I that play. But that's not the same year, so no, that's why I guess that is so. Well, yeah, so so gr- they were they were defending the Hail Mary and lost to the hook and ladder when the Lions were defending the hook and ladder and lost to the Hail Mary. <laughs> Good job. Everybody. Maybe it was just meant to be. Yep. Whatever was going to happen, the Packers were going to take advantage of it. <laughs> I'm just kidding. It wasn't meant to be. It was insane. Yeah, um, they, should, you, they so, should punt on tight end this year. Like. There's no really game. just just admit that that if Sternberger isn't good, we we're just going to suck a tight end. Yeah, again. do that. Just rely on him. Have Lewis back him up and have him run trick plays if if, if Sternberger sucks because like there's no sense in wasting draft capital on one when the rookies are never good for years anyway. And this tight end class or the free agent class is terrible, and there's no point in wasting very well, the free scarce... agent class is bad. The tight end drafting class isn't great. Yeah, just just forget about it. it. And tight ends aren't even that useful anyway in the grand scheme of things. They're they're more useful than running backs. But like, let's not go crazy here. It, it's way better to have improvement at receiver. Well, and the the Packers likely will have returning uh, Mercedes Lewis, the best blocking tight yeah, end sure. in football. It's something. It's it, it's it's fine. <laughs> Any uh, is the ship completely sailed on Jimmy Graham? One year, like friendly deal or something like that. I don't know. If, if Jimmy, if Jimmy Graham never puts on the Packers uniform ever again, that will be too soon. <laughs> right, but if if there's nobody better, I mean, I actually saw one person referring to Austin Hooper. I would, saying, I would rather sign Justin Perillo off of his couch than start <laughs> than start Jimmy Graham again. Like, I'd rather have Austin Hooper on a big contract, which I don't want, than have Jimmy Graham back on a not big contract because Rodgers trusts Jimmy. Like Jimmy Graham is worse than bad. Um, He is trusted by Rodgers and gets targets when it's totally undeserved. Um, It's the worst thing you can have is a bad player that gets attention, and that's what he is. Like get him off the team. Uh, You have to you have to pull a Billy Bean, Carlos Pena with Jimmy Graham. You got to take him away. 
Otherwise, I don't get that reference. You you should at least see the Moneyball movie, Matub. Like oh I've goodness. seen money I seen Moneyball, but it was years ago, and also I was distracted by how large uh, Jonah Hill got for that role. <laughs> you know, in fairness, I uh, um I loved Moneyball as a book. I loved it as a movie, and I don't even remember the details about the Carlos Pena thing. So like, it is it is a little bit of a deep cut. I know he's on that team. Fair but... enough. Um, I, I, that movie, anything Sorkin is is for me. But Sorkin, Baseball, Moneyball, I mean, it's like a perfect storm. That's one of my five favorite movies. Five. That's one of my five favorites of all time. I would I would put it in the in the top five sports movies of my generation. It's really, really? it's really good. Um, and I think Sorkin dialogue works better in that than it often works in other scenarios. So I mean, I, I mean this with the utmost respect. It's a movie about baseball. It has to be carried by the dialogue. Yeah, that's true. I, I, yeah, I, all right. <laughs> game action, but yeah, they don't. They don't. They have no reliance on game action nope. for the most part. Where, There's one scene that that involves it. That's about it. And then we as football fans get draft day. Yeah. <laughs> By the way, just just to go back to Aaron Rodgers targeting crappy tight ends for no good reason in 2017, before Martellus Bennett just up and quit, um, he was on pace for 86 targets in that mm-hmm. season. Um, he, he had he had 38 targets through seven games for the Packers in that season. So like, and he was awful. Remember how remember how awful he was. And remember how great he was in preseason. <laughs> sure. Do you remember that? Like he was he was unstoppable in preseason. He actually ran a successful goal line fade at one point. Um, <laughs> well, that's just bad luck. Right. And then uh, to, to sum up that entire season, the, the the one shining moment that I always like to point out, Martellus dropped the pass that broke Rogers' collarbone. Yeah, he did. That's true. Hmm. That was that play. <laughs> I've scrubbed all of him from, from my recollection. Good. Anyway. Uh, I can't even remember the Packers' he, uniform. He signed as a Packer, was it three years ago today? Or three, really? Three, three years ago Happy yesterday, anniversary. something like that? I think it's it, they're a little bit snake bitten with the tight end position because it was a big deal on Martellus Bennett's side, and you know, obviously, Jermichael Finley gets hurt, and who yeah. knows where his career goes from there. Jimmy Graham, a lot of people were excited about that. That doesn't end up working out at all. The contract they gave him was pretty weighty. They have not been able to get the tight end thing going now. Except for, a while. for I mean, Jared Cook had a, had a good year. That's good playoffs. true, they, but they didn't understand that he was good. <laughs> it, it, yeah, he was sort of a flash in the pan because he was gone as quickly as he got here. So I think he, he was, continues uh, to do well. I believe in, he was well. first in DVOA last year. Oof. Oh, that hurts. Yeah, it, oof. it doesn't it hurt? Uh, it's, but I mean, it's everybody's amazing. all focused on Taysom Hill and it's like, don't look at him. It's Jared Cook. That's, oh my God. I caught so much crap during the season. I said, uh, I think it was during the playoffs. I said Taysom Hill would be the best tight end on the roster right now. <laughs> you weren't wrong. The people are like he's not a tight end; he's an offensive weapon. Blah blah blah. And I'm like, that's not the point. The point is he would literally be the best tight end on the oh, Packers, Packers roster. First round tender t- Taysom Hill. Um, I can't believe incredible. that. Incredible. I mean, that's who was who was the ancient quarterback? Was that Brandon Whedon? Where he was like 80 when they drafted him? Yeah, he was 29. Yeah, yeah. So there you go. They they put a first round tender on Brandon Whedon with a better forty. That was the nail in Holmgren's coffin with Cleveland, if I recall correctly. Yes, I think I might order operations right. I believe that's correct. That's one of those. Uh, no one's second guessing. They were first guessing on that one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they were right. Oh man. Right. Well, before we move on from combine, um, does anybody else have some any draft crushes out of that um, that we haven't talked about yet? 
I only I really only watched receivers and corners and anybody who did a freak performance. So so uh, Kenneth Murray, I think if if he dropped a thirty, I'd be fine with him. Yeah, um, yeah, he's good. I'm inside linebacker, very good. Um, what about uh, I'm, I'm so I'm looking through your your short list here. Sheets. Um, what about Queen? Um, yeah, well, I can't remember his first name now. Linebacker Patrick. Yeah, is it Patrick oh Patrick Queen? Queen, yeah. Um, I, I I would also be okay with Patrick Queen if he felt to. Yeah, I'm good with that. I think he's a really he's a very real possibility. It's just they just have never valued linebacker, so I just don't know. I I think it'd be cool if they ended up with Zach Bond. Actually, I I just don't think they're gonna take a linebacker as high as Zach Bond's gonna wind up going. Yeah. I, also, I like Zach Bond, but like he never struck me as one of the like standout Wisconsin best defensive players. Uh, like I don't think he was bad, but like he wasn't as good as JJ. He wasn't as good as oh no, nothing T- like that. TJ or TJ. Even, even like a guy who quit for the 49ers, whose name is eluding me right now. Borland, Borland, yeah. Like <laughs> no, I agree with you. Those guys were all better, but he's. I, I'm not. You know, I just think it'd be cool because I've seen him play a bunch of Saturdays. Oh, yeah. It's not like I, I. I don't know if he'd fit necessarily or or whatever. I still don't think he'd ever end up on the Packers. He's not as good as those guys, but he he had a great great senior year, and there's a little bit of unpacked potential there because he did have some injuries in his career, but he's. Uh, I, I think he made himself into a really good NFL prospect. He I'm really well excited. He had a good combine. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, we I guess if we want to continue talking about inside linebackers, what about Christian Kirksey? I I this has been a an Acme Packing Company Slack um topic, and that guy's good. Um, I I forget. I meant to look this up. What was his injury? Why was he out? So he uh, in 2018 he hurt his hamstring. And then last year he hurt his shoulder. <laughs> I can't remember what ended his season last year. All right, but so I, two I know twenty eighteen was in a row. But before that, he was very productive. So he was he was very he was very very good in sixteen seventeen. He was which phenomenal. was a long time ago. We should say <laughs> yes. He was phenomenal in eighteen before he got hurt, and he was pretty good last year in this small game action that he saw. He's definitely like a really good by low um, high ceiling candidate for sure. And yeah, I'm, I think I'm on board for that. I think signing Kirksey on a one-year deal is is a no-brainer to me. Nope, I'm Let's, with you. So looking up uh, injured reserve, a chest injury. That's a weird one. Yeah, just an un, undesignated chest injury. Do we? Uh, how do we feel about Schobert coming home? <laughs> so uh, Schobert is basically Blake Martinez, who's a little bit better. He's a little bit better in in coverage. In coverage, yeah. Which that that's a good thing. That's that's our, I'm I'm down with that. But he's going to make Blake Martinez money. <laughs> like I, I don't I don't think that if if you're letting your inside linebacker walk because of a whole bunch of money, you sign someone who's only ten percent better for the same money. I, all right, fair enough. I'm not gonna, I'm not going to say a word bad about Joe Schobert. Excuse me, awesome. excuse me, Mr. Running backs don't matter, and inside oh, inside linebackers are the running backs of the they defense. Is, <laughs> I'm not convinced these people are going to make a lot of money. Still, I get yelled at every so, time I say this on Twitter, and maybe they will. But what year? What year did Morgan Burnett leave? I don't know. 2015, 16. So, so that's that's a very important date to know. Because oh, that was, that was wrong, the so that's too bad. That was the year that the safety market exploded. Um, 
so in 2017 the inside the, linebacker market's not going to explode so uh yeah march march 20th 2018 pittsburgh Steelers signed burnett to three years 14 million his market value air quotes market value was like nine million a year before that and then that year every safety signed for like less and less and less and less money and you could get a, a starting strong safety for five million a year do, do you think that this is the year that the inside linebacker market resets itself? Uh, uh, well, no, I don't. I, I, I don't believe it. I, I, it's, uh, it's going to be low. It has to be low. <laughs> There's, you don't think Martinez is going to get ten per? If he gets ten per, like that GM should be instantly fired. That is, <laughs> why would you play pay big Blake Martinez ten million dollars a year to do what? He has lots of tackles. He's got a lot of tackles. Four yards after he <laughs> down the field. Yes, he does. That's true. Stats are king, man, and he's got a lot of tackles. It's like the it's like Major League Baseball arbitration judges are running football drafts. If that happens, like that's it's no good. Um, I don't you guys, know what that means. <laughs> you guys think Bulag is as good as gone, right? I don't want him to be, but, I, but yeah, everyone's talking about him like he is. Well, they should have talked to him by now. If he, <laughs> they haven't, um, it, this happens with Packer like free agents seemingly all the time where. Some and kudos to by the beat reporters who ask these guys like, "Hey, have you heard from the Packers yet?" And I was like, "No, I haven't heard a peep." And it's always kind of with an annoyed tone in their voice too. And that's Bulaga right now. So I, I think he's gone. Do you, do you think he played himself out? Like he played too well too this well? year? Maybe. Um, like he, like if he'd given up a few more sacks, the Packers would have signed him because he probably should get paid. Like he had a, an outstanding season. I, I think his injury thing is kind of overblown a little bit, and um, he sure. probably he did probably did play a little bit too well. Somebody will give him money, unlike Blake Martinez. Like <laughs> uh, that that's possible, but I I don't know that this actually matters. But I wish the Packers would like handle their outgoing free agents a little better than they do. It, it I mean it's business. It probably doesn't matter, but it would be nice if Bulaga said, "Yeah, they've made some." You know, they've reached out a little bit to see if we want to do some negotiating rather than just like, no, I haven't heard anything at all. Like, are they even doing like do due diligence? Like, don't don't do that. <laughs> do do. <laughs> Hilarious. Uh, I'm funny. So, OK, free agents. I used possibly. to think that was a function of the Ted Thompson. That's what I regime. thought, too. But it keeps That's happening. All, man. That's rough. I was going to say, it must be more of a Russ Ball thing. I mean, he's obviously the guy doing the negotiating, but Russ Ball, just... Russ Ball as a football robot is the computer from War Games. When <laughs> Would you like to play a game? Wait, <laughs> I got the wrong. Russ Ball would An sign zero game. players if he could, because <laughs> the, the only way to win at the cap game is to it's not play. To play. <clears throat> well, there's, uh, there's a deep cut bad. for you, Gen Xers. I think the, the the worst. I mean, obviously, you can you can say that Brian Bulaga is done with the Packers because he's old and he could get hurt. You could say all that stuff, but like the dude was a warrior while hurt for a lot of this year. You know, he'd had he had injuries, smaller ones this year, and he was able to fight through them and play at an extremely high level. And you're thinking like he's totally going to bat for the Packers, and then uh, then crickets, like you said, gotta yeah. gotta at least check in with him, even Absolutely. if it's like we don't want to lowball you here. This is where we're at. We just want to we want a dialogue, and if no, but nothing's coming your way, come back to us. That's not hard. It's not. 
It it sounds like they think Billy Turner can play both guard and tackle and are using that quote-unquote versatility to their quote-unquote advantage to kind of fill in where they can get it. I think they they have talked to Valdir from, from what it sounds like, uh, which, again, like, don't talk to everybody. Don't talk to the guy who is out of retirement backup and not your stalwart starter for years and years and years. Um, but I, I'm guessing they'll just try and fill in what they can get a deal on for you know, another guy to fill in with Valdir and, and Turner, and it's not going to be Bulaga. So, yeah, honestly, yeah. if if Valdir is the starting right tackle, I will be disappointed, but I also will not be nervous. Yeah, I get it. Just you had a better good. one. <laughs> he was he was good when he came in for Bulaga. He was good. We were talking about this before the the pod started, but he's he's one of the few um, relative athletic score ten rankers in history. Um, when Valdir came out of and was in the combine, he got one of the few perfect tens that's ever happened for an offensive lineman. And, uh, who? Okay, who is the guy that the freak athlete this year? Was uh, it Clemson? The guy I forget his name. Who who was just huffing down for that forty yard dash like like a wide receiver? Um, yeah, it was Isaiah. Isaiah. It was, uh, I have it written down here. Simmons. Yes. So he is a ten at. I want to say, I think it was like six positions. So he's, he, he's a 10 at, at linebacker, uh, both safety positions. He was, a t- I think he was a 10 at corner. Um, he was a 10 at wide receiver and he was a 10. My, uh, he was like a nine something at tight end, but yeah, like, so, so Kent ran him as every position and it was ridiculous. Yeah. Indeed. But like the fact that you can be a corner or like you are a, a linebacker, who shows up as one of the best corner athletes of all time. That's insane. <laughs> yep. Indeed. So before oh. we get to uh, questions, yes. there's the CBA issue that's been floating out yeah. there. Aaron uh, Rodgers, yeah. big, big opponent of it is Aaron Rodgers, but uh, he's it's, it's controversial. So it's definitely not everybody's on his side, which is interesting. The thing I love about this is they're like, well, yeah, he emailed it. What, what millennial uses email anymore? <laughs> Well, it turns out it's some like inter-team messaging service. Yeah, they got Slack. Yeah, so he basically put out a Slack message and got ignored. I still that's think... that's rough. That's rough. Um, like uh, he is supposed to be a team leader. He's supposed to be, you know, he's their rep in the union. So he's supposed to be, you know, digesting all of this and making it palatable for everybody on the back end, and just outright ignored. It's it's really weird. Um, and like I'm in a Slack with ten people, yep. and I only ignore one. <laughs> and it's <laughs> it's it's Jason B. Hershorn, by the way, to anyone who <laughs> wants to know the one person I ignore. In Slack. Uh, the cr- the cranky sub boss of APC Slack. <laughs> um, there's a thing in Slack. If if you don't work in a company that uses Slack, um, if someone uses your first name, you get a push notification. And ever since Jason Spriggs was a Packer, Jason B. Hershorn got really, really pissed off anytime someone mentioned the word Jason. <laughs> so, in fact, we now have Slackbot, who anytime someone uses the name Jason, it responds with, he who must <laughs> not be named. <laughs> That's great. So, fun. yes. In, but like, in, imagine being in a Slack with 60 people and ignoring literally the most important one in there. 
So, I don't have the numbers on this, but I have to think relative to other pro sports leagues, you get a lot more elder statesmen in Major League Baseball and in the NBA and probably even in the NHL. Sure. Guys who've been around the block a lot. Definitely. NFL has more players, but the the average career is so much shorter. I, so <laughs> that's I think the the owners are football owners are smart across. I mean, not all of them are, but they know they're business. <laughs> and uh, the the new CBA I, I think is is bad for. The older guard, um, just just the one that was popularized, the the week seventeen cap on salary, that is aimed squarely at veterans who make a lot of money, but it does up the salaries of the young and experienced guys a substantial amount, and you know mm-hmm. everybody's vote counts the same in the union. Aaron Rodgers' vote is the same as, um, uh, I don't know who's the worst Packer, um, <laughs> Ryan Grant. That's <laughs> right. <laughs> is he does he count yeah i guess as, as a guy who doesn't exist so so ryan, i mean ryan grant was was on the 53 and never active so i would say that he's probably the worst yep and <laughs> uh you know we don't know like what messaging is going on in the background here but there is certainly a history of professional sports unions of the older guard the, the veterans um, cutting better deals for themselves than for young players and, and you know minor league players, whatever. Um, that's happened a lot. So there is reason- baseball's got that issue Base- right now. It's running them into the ground. Absolutely has that issue. So there's reason for distrust for the youngins too. Um, aside from those issues, I do kind of wonder like how much the team likes Aaron Rodgers. Um, like uh, Milwaukee and Wisconsin have uh, the Bucks have Giannis Antetokounmpo and. Everybody seems to love him and love playing with him. And the Brewers have Christian Yelich. And while he can be a little bit snarky on Twitter sometimes, everybody seems to love him and love playing with him. Aaron Rodgers, not everybody seems to love playing with. Like, everybody's kind of like, oh, yeah, you love playing with Aaron Rodgers. But they don't seem as enthusiastic about it as some of the other everyone, stars. Everyone has people. the same answer. Like when, when they ask, like, of What's course I love playing with Aaron Rodgers. Rodgers. Yes. That's of course it. I love, he's one of the greatest he's of all the time. Greatest of all can, time. That is the quote. Yeah. Every time um, he can, he can knock the, the, the wings off a fly at 50 yards, man. Like, but we also okay. see him yell at people all the time. And like, you know, swearing under his breath and and ostracize wide receivers. Yes, and it comes back to to the nature of football. Like the the defense, those guys don't need Aaron Rodgers in their lives to do their job well. And if you're a receiver, yeah, he could make you a lot of money, or he could be a gatekeeper and and intimidating. And I I just think there's there's enough there's probably enough factions on a football team. You know, baseball b- basketball, you're all out on the court together. Baseball you're both playing offense and defense. So I, I think it's easier to feel like you're connected to those star players. And then football, everybody's got kind of their job. You could see how Aaron Rodgers becomes not adversarial per se, but just, you know, a different faction of what you, you know, of a football team, basically. Yeah. No, yeah, that's, that's true. Fair. I, I, I'm just, I'm not sure that he is the best messenger for these kinds of negotiations with people. Like who do you think who do you think should be? I, I would ha- like honestly, Zedarius would yeah, be. I think that's, the guy would have been my answer too. Uh, who seems like an excellent leader, both by example and personality, uh, well respected by basically everyone on the team, and I think would be a very good um, advocate for the union too. So and firmly always- in the middle of his career too. Yeah, yeah and he's he, well, he's on his first big contract. Yep. That's the mm-hmm. like he just got paid in, instead of being on his third big contract. So. 
Yeah. Yeah. I, I like, I would like Zedarius. Um, speaking of Packers and the union, JC Treader, now the president of yes. the NFL. Yeah, buddy. PA. Former Packer, president of the Players Union. That's good. Well, he went to Cornell. Don't know if you know that. <laughs> um, <laughs> where he majored no in idea. he majored in like industrial labor relations. <laughs> so, like, like, like dude has an Ivy League education in union shit. Like, <laughs> like why did this take so is, long? Yeah. Well, be- Genius offensive lineman. He's remember when Matt Khalil did those commercials and Matt Khalil, he went to Harvard. Went to Harvard. Do you remember those? Yes, I do. I do. Now it's uh, JC Trader. He went to Cornell. I love it. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I like I like JC Trader the person. I've always heard great things about him when he was in Green Bay. Um, his wife is an avid Twitterer. Yeah, or at least was. Um, but yeah, so good for him. Also, JC Trader, pretty good player. Like, yeah, um, like well, the thing was is he the the reason that he got to walk was because Corey Lindsley ended up being amazing, but. If Corey was bad, JC would still be our starting center. Absolutely. Right All right. But let's Corey do, was also a pro bowler. Let's so like, do questions because it's getting to that time. We just hit the hour mark. Oh, it's long past the time. But yeah. <laughs> All right. So I finished my Montucky like a half an hour ago. Yeah, that's uh, we're a half of a half an hour past beer. Uh, Alex Vorman just wanted to hear your thoughts about the XFL. Guys, have you watched the XFL? Yes. Yeah, I love it. a little bit. I love it. Uh, um, I think I've, I've watched just a little bit, but enough. Um, I think it's good. Um, I think that the last round of the XFL had some problems trying to be wrestling and old school. And totally this, agree. This version of the XFL is definitely trying to push the envelope in terms of modern strategy and aggressiveness in football terms, and I think it it, it really works really well. Um, it's it's very exciting. It's like uh, pass happy. They want you to take chances. Um, the the players uh, like yeah, they're not as good as NFL players, obviously. But I think the quality of play is pretty good, all things considered. Um, I'm I'm not a huge fan of it, but when it's I, on, I'll it grabs my attention. I'll tell you what: if if you put a good quarterback on most of the XFL rosters, they could hold their own against a bad NFL team. Wow, really? That's bold. Yes. I think if, <laughs> if you take if you take the Battle Hawks or the Defenders and you give them Phillip Rivers, um they they lose by seven to the Lions. All right. Like that's I, I'm just, I'm telling you I'm gonna the, start hot the, take of the week back up and put you on. <laughs> <laughs> the quality of football in the XFL is way better than it has any right to be. Yeah. And the only reason it ever gets bad is because most of those quarterbacks are awful. There are a few teams that are terrible and have terrible coaches. Um, who, who, my, my the, Viper, the Vipers have Jerry Glanville as their defensive coordinator. Who's the ex-Bear coach, quarterback whisperer? Um, Trustman, Mark Trustman's Trust- team. Mark oh, Trustman. God, they're awful. Yes. Team is so uh, How's Winston Moss's team doing? The, they're up and down. They were terrible for a while, and then they got then they beat one of the best teams, and then so they're. I mean, they're <laughs> they're the LA Wildcats. They're yes, they're wild cards. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll be honest. I don't think about the XFL at all. I watched those first weekend games, and I I enjoyed them fine. I think those kickoff rules are like I, I think the NFL 
will probably seriously look at something like that. Yep, and uh, the I love the accessibility. The mic'd up stuff is great. Like you said, Paul, I thought the first one wanted to be so the anti-NFL, you know, like they wanted to do things with Flash and just like, look at where we're catering to, you know, to gross dudes who listen to talk radio all yep. day long. Like they're not worried about that anymore. And they're actually focused on real tangible showmanship that could could translate i love all that stuff i just don't i mean maybe it's because i'm enough of a college basketball guy that i'm watching actual sports but i still i still put (laughs) xfl in a totally irrelevant category that said if there were a team in wisconsin i probably would pay attention to them i'd probably be super interested so if they do expand i I can't imagine they will but if they do the new New york guardians have the most former packers um, like like twelve the, or something, right? This is like a crazy. Uh, there's a few on IR, but yeah, like okay. the the beginning of the season roster was like twelve. Um, the there's a few names that you'll recognize. There, there's former Packers on basically every team. Uh, yeah, like the Vi- a lot of guys that were in camps and stuff. But least. there's also like like the Vipers. Their punter is Jake Shum. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> um, who I still follow on Instagram. Of course, Twitter celebrity Jake Shum. He's on. He's a Twitter celebrity or a social media celebrity. Okay. Sorry. I was like, I was like, he's he's big on Instagram. He's got a big following. Dude's got abs on abs. Um, and then of course you've got like the villains, like Winston Moss being the LA coach. Which so the the game I was thinking of, by the way, was Week Three. So they they went into Week Three zero and two, and went up against the DC Defenders, arguably the best team in the league. Uh, Cardell Cordero Jones, Cardell Jones, Cardell, Cardell, yeah, yeah. His his quarterback, his team, um. And then LA just kicked the ever-loving piss out of the defenders. It was thirty-nine to nine. Like it was an embarrassment. A bad team went in and kicked the living piss out of the best team in the league. Huh. Um, then the next week they lost to my team, the New York Guardians, and then they won against the Vipers. And the Vipers are a pretty bad team. Uh, Seattle Dragons are pretty bad. Uh, Houston Roughnecks are good so by you, the grace you've watched of quite a bit of this. Then. <laughs> you yeah. are in I'm not, I'm not on exactly, the XFL. Like, I, I, I love this. The Houston Roughnecks. <laughs> that's the team that you guys should watch. If okay. if you want to watch the XFL, watch the Houston Roughnecks. Right. Um, they have the best quarterback in the XFL. I've heard about the, this guy. Uh, PJ Walker is I've, he's he's electric. I've it's, heard it's like Seattle. It's like watching scouts to his games. Yes, it's like watching Russell Wilson. He's, yeah. he he does magic at all at all times. Which is funny because he used to play for the Colts, I think it was. Yeah. All right. Um he was on the Colts I think it was the Colts practice squad. Okay. But he's twenty he's twenty five. Well, uh, he went undrafted in twenty sixteen. I'm more likely um, to watch if I have a target. So I will or twenty twenty seventeen. So I'll he signed Houston with the Colts as an undrafted free agent. Yeah. Um they put him on the practice squad, signed him to a future Yeah, so he was on the Colts practice squad for three years. And then went to the Roughnecks. Too much practice. And yeah, now he's just tearing it up. And the the running joke was that Jerry was going to let Dak walk so he could sign PJ Walker. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, um, it's it's good football. The rules are fun. But if if you guys if you guys want to get into it now, the season's halfway over. Um, There's five weeks left. That's all right. The Roughnecks. I'll, I'll be casual for then. All right. Well, okay. So, like Paul, you said that the weekends are at a premium for you. Yeah. So that might because the games take place over two days. They're on Saturday and Sunday. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm t- I'm telling you, man. Like DVR it. Watch the highlights. In the same way that I always tell people that they should watch compressed games on YouTube, like yep. the ten minute. Like they do that for the XFL. Um, there's Highlight Haven is a 
uh, channel that uploads that. Check them out. All right. Watch the games. It's good football. It's I'll, really good football. I'll give them a shot. That's fine. Maybe, maybe and it's I'll run QBOPs for it and see what comes up. And the 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 three point conversion is a game changer. <laughs> the fact the fact that you can have a nine point touchdown. What you, you what like what? no it I'm is. sorry it's I'm great a... I, I love all of that I love anything that resembles rock and jock basketball. Um, <laughs> it, that, I'm you more into get, Bill Lambeer's combat basketball. Yeah, you should get more points the further back you go. It should, and there shouldn't be a limit on it. It should. Like, <laughs> so if you if you can score from the fifty, it counts as ten. Uh, something like that. Yeah. <laughs> and even more, so, from, like your own end zone should be like twenty five. <laughs> well, so it's the the football is pretty good. There are fun narratives to follow. It's uh, fast paced. It's exciting, and the big thing that I think that makes them better than the AFL, other than the fact that the football is better, um, the AFL didn't allow blitzing. How and oh, okay, which was a terrible bad, idea. You could bad only rush this decision. Yeah, you could only rush four. However, um, technically not against the rules was uh, bluff blitzes and creeper blitzes and zone blitzes. So. Um, show that you're rushing six and, and then, then drop two random four, guys right. in the coverage. Yeah. You're technically not blitzing. And these quarterbacks were terrible and couldn't handle it. And it was like, it was like in the EA game that I'm not supposed to talk about when, when someone discovers a blitz that just comes in unblocked. Like that's, that's yeah. what it was. It was just unfair and it ruined the game. Fair enough. The, Jonathan uh, deal asks. <laughs> 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 Friend of show, Jonathan Deal. Is trading up or trading back more valuable when addressing positions such as ILB and WR? Are you the one, Paul, who has the gif of the rappers that are just leaning back Lean saying, back. trade back? Yes, I Trade am. back. That is me. That It makes me laugh every time. So for that <laughs> reason alone, it. I'm in favor of trading back. Trade I back. I can't believe you're saying the rappers and not, <laughs> the rappers. Naming, not naming one one portly Joseph. Fat Joe. <laughs> You know, I would have said I, I would have said Fat Joe. I would have, but I wasn't positive, so I was gonna make an idiot of myself. Either way, either way, I'm like, oh yeah, Fat Joe. No, I don't know if that's right. So we'll go with the rappers. That's where my brain went yeah, to next. I use that. Fat Joe. I use that. Such gift. a fraud. I use that gift once a year on draft night, or I guess three nights now, and I I use it like. Uh, a dozen times because it's great. <laughs> it's so my, just great. Trade back. My favorite uh, draft day happening was <laughs> the the mega trade where they ended up with an extra pick and Jair Alexander. Um, because my friend Sam is Scottish, um, and he always stays up for the draft. And multiple years during the Ted Thompson era, he stayed up for the late pick, which was then traded back. <laughs> <laughs> into the next day. <laughs> yes. And so he stayed up until four in the morning for no reason. So the Packers have a have a pick. It turns out that they traded down. He said, fuck this. Turned off his TV and went to bed. So he didn't see Alexander get so drafted. He didn't see Alexander. He didn't see Savage. <laughs> That's incredible. <laughs> anyway, Oops. To, to be more clear, you should trade back. Trading trading up is almost always bad. Trading back is almost always good. And um, for the positions that you mentioned in particular, you should never trade up to take an, in, an off-ball linebacker ever, ever, ever. That's a terrible what if idea. It's a, what if it's Isaiah Simmons? Uh, no, don't do it. That <laughs> absolutely not. Wide receiver might occasionally be defensible, but it's not this year. It, there are too many good ones. 
Although the one time the Packers traded up to a positive effect, they drafted a linebacker. They, they did. They got Clay. Yes, that's true. Yeah. Um, it's, it's yeah, but that was after taking someone already in the first round. They had, yep, they already had Raji. Yep, it's not true. that it never works. Sometimes it works. It's just that your odds are better with two players than with one player. That's all. When when is the last time the Packers had a great line, like had a a, a situation line up like that? Like like hey, we're switching to a three four. There's this amazing zero tech that we could take right now. Like like when because they they got AJ Hawk really really high and then switched to a three four kind of ruined that pick. But like, <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's um, what ruined that pick. I, AJ Hawk, I still think would have been better in a four three for the rest of his career. But that's that's a whole podcast. Um, but BJ Raji being right there, like the year that they switched to to three four and needing. You know the the thousand pounds of meat. It was handy. It was good. I I, yeah. I don't know when it's lined up that perfectly. That they're good at finding what they need. So, so under Ted especially. I, yeah. <laughs> um. But no, no. Trading up for a wide receiver in this draft is just sixty shades of yep. stupid. Can I can I do Chris and Claire's two questions? Sure. Okay. Should we sign a free agent tight end? No. No. And thanks, what, Nagler. What to do with middle <laughs> linebacker? Who cares? <laughs> hey, maybe we should move Rashawn Gary to <laughs> Is the uh, oh man, I'm here for that. Is the middle linebacker the situation where middle linebacker is basically not not a factor, at least not in how we interpret it? Uh, they obviously still get a lot of tackles. Is that a NFL wide thing, or is that just how this Packers system works and systems like this one work? The Packers are actually weird for the for using as few off-ball linebackers as they do, and I'm not convinced it's a good idea. Um, but it's it's a league-wide thing that it's not that valuable. Some teams feature it more. Like if somebody was playing like the Lovey Smith cover two, um, that position becomes much more valuable in a coverage sense, where um, that's kind of where the whole hybrid okay. linebacker thing comes from. But most teams don't get uh, it. It is both a position that you can play, you can fail down to, like second base. Like it, inside <laughs> linebackers are just bad outside linebackers, and sure. their production is almost entirely based on what goes on in front of them, not anything they do. They just have to pick the right gap. It has to be you know set up well for them, and they got to hit it. If they can go sideline to sideline, that's great. If they can cover in the secondary, also great. But for the most part, they're they're just guys who are running fast forward to open space and hoping that a ball carrier appears in front of them, or a quarterback, or a quarterback. Yes, occasionally yeah. that. I think Blake had one sack this year. Was it only one? I thought he had a couple. I, it was it was one or two, but it wasn't many. But yeah, it was. <laughs> but yeah, what what to do it inside or at middle linebacker? Not a damn thing. <laughs> It's not something you should spend resources on. Like, you're better off. The Packers, Blake Martinez, for all of the complaining that we did about him in coverage, wasn't the problem. Like, uh, other things were the problem. Cornerbacks were, were the problem, mostly mostly that. Um, and and uh, Petten putting him in bad situations was the problem. Like, um, just not designing the the versatility of his system well enough to cover running and passing attacks. Like it's not Blake's fault when Blake has to cover 
fast guys. That's a that's a scheme problem. <laughs> you know what Blake's good at? Put him in a situation where he can do it and he can be fine. But so can a lot of other people. Hey, unrelated. Do you remember that time that uh, Dom Capers made Vince Beagle play nose tackle? No. Really? <laughs> it, was dur- it was during the preseason right before they cut him. Uh, they had him playing nose tackle in the preseason. Jeez. I'd bear a grudge yeah. on that forever. Yeah. Uh, I still think he Be- might be good. Beagle, he f- he's currently good. Yeah, right? Like, the Packers were wrong Trade about back. Him. Trade <laughs> back. Trade back. Yeah. So, it. I mean... King's do bad, a, though, so... King yeah. is... King is... Uh, I... Uh, I'm I'm gonna go to my grave having to defend the pick. He's bad. The pick yeah. might have been fine, but he's bad. I just I I really wish that people would stop pa- worrying about T.J. Watt and panic way more about Ryan Ramchick. Man, I mean, <laughs> that's that's how I how I go to bed. That's that's what I'm gonna take to my grave. Like, I mean, imagine everyone's worried about T.J. Watt. Ryan Ramchick is the guy that they also missed on. Oops. Whatever. It's a big yeah, deal. Ryan. Ryan Ramchick, probably the best player on the New Orleans Saints. I think that might be actually true. Like I'm I not. Mean, he's, I, a, he's a two-time All-Pro. He's been in the league three years. Like he's yep. he's he's acknowledged as very good. My apologies for my very loud and large old dog. Yeah, flopping, dog. Flopping off That's the couch. Dog there. noises on podcasts are to, just, to go money. get Don't a worry drink. About it. Dog's probably like, how long is this going to take? How how long is your stupid podcast? Uh, uh, yeah, we're about we're we should wrap up. Let's do Archon and then let's get out of here. Um, friend of show, friend good of, friend show. of show, Archon fourteen, occasional um, Acme Packing Company contributor. Um, what would be your top priorities of the team to improve, and would you look to sacrifice other potentially less important aspects to make sure that it is improved? We've kind of danced around this. We but have clearly receiver. Receiver is the way to go. We all agree on receiver. <laughs> so, so what Paul said earlier: give zero flying fornications about tight end to go in <laughs> to go all in on wide receiver. Absolutely, and uh, give zero flying fornications about inside linebacker to go all in on DBs. Yeah, I think. And where do you think they take a quarterback? Third. Really? That's so high. early. Yes. Yeah, I think I who, think it's. Uh, who do you think they get in the third? I have no idea. I haven't scouted quarterbacks. I'm just throwing a number. <laughs> <laughs> but I I think that this is the year that they should like shock the world. This is this is the Brian Brom draft. If uh, I will say I if if receiver if a few receivers go off the board early and two is there when they pick, I think they should take him. Oh my god, dude, if two is at 30, you just take him. Well, he and he might be. Is that possible? Well, he's got the hip injury, so it's totally Yeah, so his right. so it's it's all going to depend on his pro day. So he's he like just got cleared to start practice or start training for his pro day. And if he doesn't run the 40 at his pro day or he doesn't like have fluid hips or whatever, um yeah, he's going to plummet. Wow. I, that would be to me more surprising than Aaron Rodgers falling to 25, but uh, or was it 25, 24? <laughs> None of us are willing Lean to back. to the guess. Lean back. I think it was 25, but I, I don't, whatever, 20 something. Yeah, the... that would be shocking, but I also agree that if Tua Tagalovalia is available, I'm at never, 30. nothing against Tua's last name, um, and I will learn to write it eventually, but. 
I'm Tag never, Maloya. I'm never writing his last name when I if I have to write about him regularly. I'm, I'm, <laughs> well, I felt that way about Adetokounmpo, and now it kind of just that's rolls, actually true. rolls off my I, keyboard. I, I, I still can't pronounce. it. I have learned how to spell Adetokounmpo without too much trouble, so that's a good point. See, I, I think maybe I should. I, so I I just say Giannis. Yes, um, of course. I think what I should do is just type it in once in my phone, so then swipe knows it as a word forever, so I can just... That works. You just rub my hand on my phone, and then Adetokounmpo comes out. When do would you need to text the word Adetokounmpo, though? Like, Giannis works. Everyone knows what that is. Yeah. Actually, um, I was uh, in an Instagram group chat, and friend of mine from sweden used a Giannis gif to describe his feelings dude. about something i was like i was like haha do you know who that is <laughs> <laughs> and he's like no i'm like i know who that guy is good work uh, all right that's Giannis. anyway thanks Ar- uh, thanks archon you already knew the answer to your question i'm sure but let's uh let's let's wrap up anybody anybody have plugs uh, did I mention that I talked to Travis Tiener? I think I did. You did drop that. And it sounds yeah, like it was a very interesting interview. Given the name it was an interview that I enjoyed. Yeah, he was. Uh, I, I conducted the interview driving to my daughter's dance class. Yep. He was on FaceTime and I was recording it so I could talk to him. But uh, uh, then my daughter didn't even have dance class. So it was a very, very frustrating afternoon. But uh, super interesting. That's at jsonline.com. Uh, obviously, we're writing a lot about coronavirus. There's a lot going on and games getting canceled and, and NBA, MLB. There's some threats, some changes to media access and some threats that games are going to get canceled. College Hoops is going to be under that. So we'll have a lot of that at JSOnline.com this week. And, uh, and you know, like I said, hopefully we don't end up losing a bunch of games off the docket. But uh, yeah. it honestly, it wouldn't surprise me. It yep. would not surprise me. It's pretty likely at this point. What about you, Matt? Uh, I'm hosting an online strength meet known as the Pinion Valley Power Online Open. All right, that's um, cool. That is cool. Uh, and tr- the it's the whole point is everyone wins. It's a tongue in cheek uh, jab at powerlifting culture. Um, wow. because anytime anytime someone can't compete in a federation, they just go off and make a new federation. So the joke is, uh, everyone is going to be competing in their own weight class. You have to invent your own weight class, and then you also have to invent your own uh, events. So I'm going to be. This is literally just me testing my maxes. So I'm competing in the IPF style classic powerlifting. I've got uh, a friend of mine is going to be doing like weird strongman lifts. Uh, someone just submitted trap bar deadlifts, and I do have someone who is going to be competing by pole dancing. Oh my! Uh huh. Um, she is, uh, I'm sorry. Uh, they are, I, uh, and we've turned into okay. morning radio all of a sudden also. Yes. <laughs> they, they are a competitive pole dancer and they're doing their floor routine. It's, it, it's cool. It's, it, it's follow me on Instagram. I talk about it at Metublifts. If, if you want to just see how strong you are in a certain thing or flail around or watch amateur strength athletes do stuff on the internet, go follow it. It's, it's actually turned into, uh, a little bit bigger thing than I expected it to. We have t-shirts. Go buy a t-shirt. <laughs> All right. It. And uh, <laughs> I, I, uh, I wrote about um, Cubops. Um, I, I developed it for NCAA quarterbacks. Uh, you can read about that at Acme Packing Company. And I have metrics going back to 2016 for uh, any quarterbacks that have played since then, as well as the 2011 class, 2012 draft class. Um, 
if you want to see who is likely going to be good in the NFL, it works pretty well as long as you discount small conference guys. Um, <laughs> um, so do check that out. Um, I will be writing for the Shepherd when the draft actually comes around, and we'll probably do another podcast at, before the, or after that to recap it as well. But um, also on the baseball pod, um, the prop bet show, the annual prop bet show, is open. Um, if you've played in it before, you know usually Andy does it. Andy could not this year for various reasons, so our good friend Kyle Ashour put it together instead. That Andy who? Andy Schaff. Andy Schaff. Um, it is. <laughs> and and um, on, a, on a somber note, I did want to mention, um, if you don't follow Andy, uh, which is, he's AK Schaff on Twitter, you should. Um, and he unfortunately lost a friend this weekend. There's a GoFundMe for her family. If you go and check out Andy's Twitter feed, you can see it and support it. Um, please check it out and please do. Um, Andy put uh, all of his various internet fame towards it already, um, freely outing himself as Brewer World and JS Comments and all the other things Andy is famous for. Um, Hank is dead. Um, so so uh, <laughs> go support him there. And, and, the uh, Andy Chef legacy is out good. of this world. A- Andy, like, some, honestly, Andy deserves a biography at some point. He is the... The most famous, least famous Wisconsin tweeter of all time. Like he is, he is insanely good at the internet and has done a bunch of kind of famous things that nobody knows he did. So, um, so uh, homework this week. If you made it to this point in the podcast, I want you to at me or at the show at Jr. at anyone and say Hank is dead. <laughs> shout out to Andy Chef. Yep. Shout out to Andy Chef. That's that's your homework for this week. Tell me that Hank is dead. All right. So uh, we will get out of here. Uh, thanks everybody for listening. the The draft is just around the corner, which I always know because it's close to the baseball season starting, which is also just around the corner. And uh, we'll be back with that, and uh, maybe another episode in there too. There'll be a few mini pods soon too, because I got a few things to talk about. So we will catch you all later. <laughs> <laughs>